Hello, my name is Morgan Simone, and I am sitting in a room. At the beginning of this recording, I set a timer for one hour. Until it goes off, I am not allowed to look at the timer. For the next 60 minutes, I will be talking uninterrupted. Nobody will speak to me during this hour. I may not listen to music, watch, or read anything during this hour. I may move and stand if I wish, but I must stay within earshot of the microphone at all times. There are no guidelines for what I must talk about, but it is suggested by describing the room around me. This is the end of my written prompt. So, I am sitting at my desk in my room. Um, This is where I do all of my homework. Um, I'm very bad at decorating things, so there's not a lot of, um, not a lot of cool, exciting decorations around me. Um, the extent of my decorations is a, um, a random, like, vinyl album cover of a random Mozart record that I found at a thrift shop once. That's, um, that's up on my wall, and I don't really know why I put it there. Um, it's, just some some colors on a little piece of cardboard. Um, doesn't really mean much to me, but it's there because I, I think I felt like I needed to have something on a wall. Um, I've got some uh, some postcards that also mean equally as little to me. Actually, only one of them means little to me, and it's also something that I just found at a thrift store and thought that was a a nice little painting on it. It's a, it's a painting of a stork, and it's a very strange stork. It's, uh, it's standing on one leg, and its head is like bowed down, and it looks like it's yelling at something. So that's weird. Um, and the one next to it is also on my wall, and it is a, it looks like a, a Japanese painting of a koi pond, and there are two koi, and um, in that postcard is a letter from my mom that I haven't, um, I'm just opening now for the first time in probably two years. Huh. She wrote this to me at the beginning of my sophomore year of college, so I guess a year and a half ago. Um, It's a very sweet, sweet letter. Um, She's very kind. Um, It's a, a letter encouraging me to be kind to the people around me, um, and it has a Bible verse at the bottom. I don't know what the Bible verse means. It's, uh, I haven't looked it up in a long time. Sorry, Mom. Um, but so I guess that is probably one of the only decorations that I have that means something to me. I also have this, um, this little piece of wood that was given to me by, um, 
by a, a friend when I graduated high school, and it says, Morgan, call your mom, exclamation point. I should probably call her after this hour is up. Glad I have that block to remind me. Um, I've got this other painting on a tiny little four by six canvas that one of my friends painted. Um, and it's just a little landscape. It's, uh, it's very sweet. It's got, well, it's, it's actually maybe not super sweet. It's, it's, uh, it's got two hills and the sun is red and it's raining blood and there's a river of blood flowing into the ocean. So maybe that's not sweet. Uh, yeah, that might be more of a bummer, actually. Um, there's another painting that was a, a little Christmas present. It's probably, what, five by seven? And it's got a bunch of dots on it, and it says in little little letter beads, you know, that you put on a bracelet, it says, neutralize or perish. Um which is an inside joke where I go to school. <laughs> um, also around me, I've got a ceramic jar that I've painted and I wanted it to have just like cool little shapes on it. Um, like it's got a bunch of pentagons and hexagons, but the colors that I chose to paint it with made it accidentally look like um, Sully from Monsters, Inc. It's uh, that light blue and like lavender. So it looks like Sully and it says funsy onesie on it, which is also an inside joke from school. Um, oh, I've got a little decorative shot glass here that, um, you know, the, the old, like, I don't know, it must be from the 80s or something, that little handheld game called uh, Simon, or Simon Says. It's got the four colors, the the red, the green, the blue, and the yellow. And you have to repeat the pattern, and I guess it's like a Simon Says thing. You have to repeat the pattern that it gives you. Um, and this shot glass is decorated similarly, and it says, Simon Says, go fuck yourself. And that is from Spencer's, if you couldn't tell. Um, I got that because my last name is spelled like Simon, but my family pronounces it like Simon, which might be a little pretentious. I don't know. I haven't figured that out. I, I feel like it's not, um, it's not rude to insist that people pronounce your name the way that your family does but I kind of feel like an imposter for doing it for such a simple name like uh, like Simon DeSimo. I don't know. I feel like an imposter about that. Um, I've got my collection of masks in front of me. I have like seven of them, but I only ever wear two. That dates this podcast to be in the thick of the pandemic. So uh, if you're listening to this on the other side of the pandemic, congrats. Um, I've got a couple of little bottles of nail polish. Um, I've got a yellow and a white 
the little basin top coat. Um, I like my nail polish. It uh, I like the bright like like yellow and white colors. It's just uh, I don't know. It, it makes me uh, makes me a little happy to have a a bright color somewhere on my body. I think most of what I wear is like black or gray or navy, not in like a edgy emo way, but just like a, those are the clothes that I happen to own. Uh, oh, I've also got this little piece of wood that I was given in high school um, from a friend that I did theater with, and it has written in Sharpie on it, knock on wood. So this is, uh, I guess, a good luck charm for whenever I need to be a little superstitious. Um, that's about all the interesting things I have on my desk. Under my desk, I've got a first aid kit that my dad insisted that I take with me um, when I left for college, and it's got supplies that I would probably, well, hopefully will never need. Um, I've got some old clothes that I bought from Goodwill under my desk, a stick of deodorant. I've got a Shakespeare encyclopedia that is covered in dust here that I haven't opened in probably two years. I think I bought it because it made me feel smart or something. Um, or I, I wanted to, to look smart by having a, a big textbook of Shakespeare. <sighs> My room has been the same for the past year and a half. It's been organized exactly the same way, and I've been wanting to, um, to switch that up. It is, it started to feel very monotonous. Um, there are some new things that have popped up though. I've got this briefcase that I bought my freshman year of college. Um, and I bought it from a Goodwill. I think I was under the impression that I could make briefcases cool again. Um, it's this little black, uh, it's like metal, but it's got like a fake leather casing on top of it. Um, and I had my roommate at the time do some drawing on it with a silver Sharpie. And I like the drawings. They're, <laughs> they're really cool, actually. There's a bunch of cactuses that cacti that look like hands. There's a cloud that's raining exclamation marks onto a forest of trees that are growing question marks off of them, I guess in, in the way that, uh, that apples would be growing off of them. There's a pair of eyes on the bottom right, there's a snake running along the side. I always wished he, uh, he would have filled up the briefcase with his drawings and his art. Um, 
it looks a little sparse right now. It's uh the the drawings don't take up very much space. But hey, maybe one day I can still maybe one day I can still make briefcases cool again. I'll make a hashtag about it. Got my bookshelf over here. Um it has mostly plays on it. Um mostly plays that I have bought to uh to read for class, but many plays that um that I just bought for fun and there's a lot of textbooks here that I had for class. Some textbooks that I bought because I thought I would ever read them and learn from them, but then of course I did not um spend the time to read them. Got this uh this little birdhouse sitting on my bookshelf. Um it's painted lavender and it's it's from a friend that I, I did a play with. It's a little a little I don't know, a show gift themed around the uh the show. It's very sweet and it's actually like very beautiful. Um it's like very prettily painted and cute. And I haven't looked at it in a long time. That's very sweet. Um my bookshelf is next to my bed and now I'm I'm sitting on the ground in front of my bookshelf and when I turn my head to the right I see under my bed a lot of junk under here mostly cardboard boxes a suitcase and a duffel um my various uh sports balls I've got this uh this really old beat up size three Adidas soccer ball here that is discolored in gray. It's covered in gray because um when I was a kid, me and my next door neighbor Bradley would um take all of our soccer balls and footballs and we would we would put them on the trampoline that I had in my backyard and then um and we would we would do this thing where we would uh we would set out to invent new games using the various balls that we had on the trampoline whether it was you know jumping around and trying to avoid the balls or like throwing balls at each other or variations on kickball on a very tiny trampoline those were very good days that um that trampoline ended up getting pretty much trashed by Hurricane Ike that came through Houston in 2008. Um, I remember that hurricane very well. Um, it's strangely like one of my fondest memories of my childhood. I... Um, me and my brother shared a room and we had these two twin beds that were on opposite sides of the room. And um out from under one of our beds, there was like another pull-out bed 
that could go in between our beds. So it was three beds all in a row, wall to wall, um, and it pretty much filled up our little room. Um, and so my brother and I were trying to sleep that night. The hurricane came in. It it, it really started hitting at about 10 p.m., and it didn't go away. It didn't die down until maybe 4 a.m., and I remember the sound of the wind howling under the door, under our back door. It sounded like a like a uh, a big freight truck, like a like you know um, those big semi trucks, the the big horns that they have that the that you pull down from the the ceiling of the cab sounded like that, but, um, somehow the wind was making that noise with my back door, which was right down the stairs from my room. So we could hear it very well. And it kept us up for a long time. It was, uh, it was very loud and it was a very scary noise. But the reason I remember that night fondly is because, um, my brother and I, loved Pokemon, um, and we had, we shared a Game Boy Advance SP, and it was silver, and I loved it, um, and we had the, the old Pokemon games, um, what game must it have been that we were playing? It must have been Pokemon Sapphire, which was my favorite one, um, and because we couldn't sleep, we, spent those hours late at night playing Pokemon in those beds right across from each other. And we were scared, but that was like a good way to distract us from that sound that was downstairs. And my mom knew that we were scared, so she pulled out that bed that goes in between our beds, and she laid in there between our beds all night um, as we were stuck up, scared of the noise, playing Pokemon, and that was a really, that was a really fun night, strangely, um, we didn't have any real damage from that hurricane, I remember the morning after the hurricane passed, my brother and I had maybe gotten like two hours of sleep, and we were very tired but we went outside to see what the damage was and the only thing that had happened to our house luckily was a couple shingles came off the roof um the roof of our house and I didn't even know what a roof was made of and these shingles were it was like gravel stuck on to a like a I mean the word I would use is like a piece of cardstock, but of course it was much sturdier than cardstock. It was like gravel and tar on this little, huh, must have been like four by eight inches. And there were about maybe 10 or 15 of them sitting in our front yard and I collected them. Um, hmm, I didn't know I remembered that. But anyways, um, we were very lucky in that hurricane, and um, a lot of other houses in the area were affected a lot more than we were. 
um, and the power was out for a very long time, like for a week. I don't know if that's a very long time. Um, and we spent that week because we couldn't have school. We spent that week, me and my brother and my, my neighbors, just the kids on the block, which also happened to be my age or around my age. We spent the week playing kickball in the street, um, every day for hours and hours. And, um, it was, must've been, I think October. So it was fall and the weather was nice and it was cloudy all day. And we spent, I think five days straight, just playing kickball in the street. And so I remember, I remember that hurricane very fondly, um, which is weird. I feel like that's maybe insensitive to say to people that, I mean, it was a bad hurricane. It must have been category four or five when it hit us. And it was, um, huh, but I enjoyed it. But anyways, that hurricane messed up the trampoline that we had in the backyard. Um, And we tried to repair it, and I think we had it for another couple of months. But it was, like, the net around it was pretty badly broken. And we ended up giving it to our neighbors. We had these new neighbors that moved in across the street. Um, And we gave them the trampoline, which was sort of broken. and I was sad to see it go, but I mean, I hope they were able to use it. I, I never really saw that trampoline again. Hmm. So that's that soccer ball that's covered in gray stuff from spending so many hours on that trampoline. I remember I used to... <laughs> I used to come in off the trampoline and my hands would be all gray from, you know, just the the rubbing off of the 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 floor of the trampoline and the nets. And I had this gray dust all over my hands. And the only reason I would come inside, except for like when I was done, was I would uh, I would run out of the trampoline and I would run inside to use the bathroom and then I would run right back out. But in order to uh, to get to the bathroom, I had to round this little corner in my house and like go down this tiny little hallway. Um, but I would I would grab the uh, the corner of the wall and I would uh, just sort of skid around that corner. But because my hands were covered in this gray stuff, it was like soot almost. Um, there were these four fingerprints on that wall, gray, like, finger marks that were there for the longest time of, like, the exact same spot where every time I would grab the wall as I was running about around the corner to, like, give me a a pivot. Those gray marks must have been there for probably a couple years till someone finally cleaned it deep enough or maybe we painted that wall. Hmm. 
I really loved that trampoline. I'm looking at my bookshelf here. <laughs> I have this huge anthology of all of Arthur Miller's plays on my bookshelf. Um, I think I must have bought that the end of high school. Um, because I wanted to do theater and I liked theater and, um, I wanted, I think I wanted to seem like I knew a lot of theater. It was very similar to buying that Shakespeare encyclopedia. I bought this, this big Arthur Miller anthology. It's like the complete works of Arthur Miller here. Um, cause I really wanted to seem like I knew what I was doing. Um, and I knew like, a really famous playwright and knew all of his stuff. And so I felt really cool about that. And I, um, I brought that to college. I, I came to school to do, to study acting. Um, and I, I would use that book for so many things. And I, um, I thought it made me cool that I, <laughs> that I knew a lot about Arthur Miller. It's funny that I convinced myself that knowing Arthur Miller was cool. <laughs> now I I look back at Arthur Miller and I I don't know, maybe it's equally as pretentious now in the opposite direction that I um I think Arthur Miller is like lame and overdone. Um So on the other side of my bed, over by the foot of my bed here, I've got on this little desk, I've got all of my sunglasses. Um, they're mostly like wacky little weird sunglasses that I, um, that I just think are funky and cool. Um, two of these, my two favorites here. I got from a thrift store in Oklahoma City, um, and one of them is like those circular lenses, and they're like, they're blue tinted lenses, like, I guess like John Lennon type of sunglasses, um, and they're, they're silver, and they're, I don't know, supposed to be retro and cool or whatever. And I've got this other pair that's really wacky. They're like, they're very thin and they're black plastic and they've got gray tinted lenses. And there's like this weird nose piece that like juts up from the glasses. Hmm. I also bought those because I think, I thought, well, I guess I'd still think they make me look cool. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're wacky and like I don't know, edgy. <sighs> and I've got these uh like circa two thousand seven like golf dad sunglasses that are uh, a joke. They're like dollar store like one dollar glasses that you can get at a gas station. Um <laughs> 
I got this. <laughs> wow, I haven't seen this in a long time. Oh, wow. This pinky ring that I bought at... Must have been a Goodwill. Um, it's got... It's a silver ring, and it's got these eight little, like, squares that go, like, across the finger. It's two rows of four. It's eight little rectangles that... It's like this silvery white, like it looks like it. It's like a, like the material of pearls, but it's probably some knockoff. Like I don't, I don't know, maybe quartz or something. These eight tiny little rectangular gems isn't the right word. They don't. I don't think they're gems. Anyways, it's really cheap, and I, I also bought it because I saw other other dudes wearing rings and I was like damn that's cool so I gotta get me a ring but there weren't any rings big enough at this goodwill to like fit my other fingers so I could only find one that uh fit my pinky um and that's the story of how I got a pinky ring which is perhaps an embarrassing thing to own for only having one ring I don't know. As I'm looking around, I'm I'm realizing so many things that I have, like I bought with the intent of like being cool and like impressive. And I guess, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's the reason, like, maybe that's why anyone buys anything is because they think it um, is something that they will value and other people will value. But, like, I'm looking at my watches sitting here next to my sunglasses and this pinky ring. And I've only got, like, a couple watches, and they're pretty cheap. And one of them I stole. Um, but it's, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess I'm realizing that almost everything I've got here I only, like, have because um, cause I thought it would make me look cool. Huh. Like, I don't know. I worry a lot that I am a pretentious person um, and that I come off as pretentious. And like, maybe I am and that very well could be a defining characteristic of me. Um, I don't want to be pretentious. I want to. I don't know. I guess I just want to be. A likable person that that people want to be around. I don't really know what that means. Like I don't. I guess it's like it's hard to like describe exactly like what uh like what makes me me. Like I don't know what the uh. It's like in an interview, like, first question, tell me about yourself. Like, I've I've never had a good answer for that. Like, I, I can tell you things that I do. Um, I can tell you a couple things that I like, that I'm interested in. But, like, I don't know how to tell you about me, I guess where I'm from is about me. Um, 
I was born in Lafayette, Louisiana, um, which is one of my favorite places in this world. I, I love Southern Louisiana and it's still where my, um, my dad's side of the family lives. It's where my dad's from as well. We're from the same town. And we lived in this little town called Crowley, Louisiana, just outside of Lafayette. And in Crowley, we lived in this big yellow, like really, really old house that, you know, I can't remember living there because we moved away. We moved to Houston when I was two because I think because my mom hated that house because it was very creepy. And we think it was haunted. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in things being haunted, but my my mom, um, she always tells stories about how she would hear creaking and like felt like she was being followed in that house. And I don't know. She doesn't seem like a super like ghosty person either. But um, yeah, I think she hated that house. Um, and I visited it once. I must have been 11. We we went to Louisiana a lot when I was a kid to visit family and to go to uh, LSU football games, which I loved. Um, one of my favorite things about my childhood was going to LSU football games. Still love going to LSU football games. It's a blast. Um, huh. And we, we went through Crowley. We were, we were driving over to Baton Rouge, which is, uh, further east than Crowley. So we stopped through Crowley on the way there and we went and visited my old, like, home that of course I didn't remember because I was only an infant when I lived there. And I wish I remember more of that house. It was, it was big. It was two stories with a big attic, I think. And it was painted yellow. And it had this big staircase in it. And that's about all I remember about it. I'd like to go back there, I think. Um, I don't know. There's something about, like, <sighs> like remembering the places that you're from as, like, a thing that you can identify with. That feels like... Maybe it's something about myself. Um, so I was born in Louisiana uh, into a, a Cajun family, which is uh, hence the pronouncing my name Simon, um, which I still think might be pretentious, which I worry about a lot, being pretentious. Um, and we moved to Houston. Well, I say Houston. It's outside of Houston. It's a, a suburb called Cypress, um, into a, you know, very affluent, upper middle class, well-to-do white suburb. Um, and that was where I lived from when I was two up until I moved away to college. Um. And we moved there because my mom wanted to be closer to her family and her sister. My Aunt Marcy had just moved to the area um, 
I don't know where she moved from. Maybe Indiana. Because my mom was born in Indiana. Uh, her and her two sisters were all born there. Uh, in this little town called Peru. And um, this is always like a <laughs> like a flex that I I use about my family, which again another uh, pretentious thing that I do finding things to flex about. But I don't know, like doesn't every like I guess that's what everyone does. Like that is we talk about things that are interesting about what we. Uh, what we know. I don't know. Um, so, so yeah, uh, my mom in Indiana, her and her two sisters and my grandma, Mimi, they, um, they were in a circus there. The, the, the world's largest amateur circus in Peru, Indiana. So she never got paid for it, but she grew up performing in a circus. And um, she started at age five. And as she went through middle school and high school, she trained in flying trapeze and she became a, a trapeze artist. Um, and the guy that she worked with, uh, like that was her partner for this flying trapeze, I believe was her first boyfriend. Um, he went on to be the human cannonball in the greatest show on earth, uh, the, the, the traveling circus. Um, and that circus was another very big part of my childhood. Whenever it would come through Houston, we would go see it and Brian would get us, you know, backstage passes and we would, my brother and I would meet the clowns. Um, and they were just, I don't know, the clowns were very strange people. Um, they were kind of, I mean, I don't know. I've never really been scared of clowns, but I think there was something objectively like unsettling about being in a room full of professional clowns, like preparing for or like cooling down after a show. I remember one time I, I walked past this clown in a hallway. We were going from one room to another backstage at the circus. And, um, and there was this clown in a hallway on a bench and he was doing a headstand. He was like on his, he was doing a handstand or a headstand. I don't know the difference. He was like on his head and his hands, but he was leaned up against the wall doing this and he was completely motionless. His eyes were closed. He could have been a statue if I you know, maybe didn't see him breathing or something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was a real man. But looking back, I don't know. Because the thing was, um, when we walked back through that hallway, like maybe 40 minutes later, he hadn't moved an inch. He was still doing this handstand, completely motionless. His body had been upside down for hours. No, not uh, the, at least those 40 minutes. And he was still there, just eyes closed, peaceful. Hindsight? Mate, no, there's no way that was a statue. No, that was totally a real person. But like, you know, oh, strange for a real person to be doing a handstand for at least 40 minutes without moving. Or maybe I just happened to see him 
on these small intervals when he was doing handstands. I don't know. It that felt like a a, a little secret magic trick that me and my brother got to see that the audience didn't get to see. It was like, here's a clown doing a handstand for who knows how long. <laughs> and um at this circus at the greatest show on earth, um, Brian, the human cannonball, well, you know, he would get shot out of a cannon and go flying a hundred yards across the big stadium and land in this net or this big airbag or whatever. But um he would <laughs> twice he he did this thing for us. So there there was an elephant in this circus that you know, in hindsight, probably sad. I I feel like I've heard things about animals not being treated the best in circuses. Anyways, there was this elephant that that painted um that painted in this circus uh, and he would hold a little paintbrush in his trunk and he would dip some paint on the palette and just put some uh, I mean, in hindsight very ugly strokes on this big canvas and there was a raffle, like a not a raffle. I don't think you had to pay to get tickets, but you uh you could like write your name on a ticket and put it in this big box and they would do a drawing for the painting. And twice Brian rigged this um this painting thing. Oh boy. Brian, if this brings you any legal trouble because this is on the internet, I'm sorry, but that's tough, buddy. Um, he would, he rigged this drawing and got us these two paintings done by an elephant. Um, and so there was one in my grandma's house and I think we had one, but maybe it went to my cousins. Um, or maybe, <sighs> hmm. Regardless, I spent my childhood looking at this painting that an elephant had done um in my grandma's room upstairs in this in this uh in this game room that was in her house um <laughs> so yeah that's my family flex story about the circus um <laughs> i wonder if my dad thought that was like really uh really cool when he met my mom like whoa met this uh this circus performer in college she a freak <laughs> that's weird <clears throat> what else do we have around here um i've got my little I mean, I guess it's not really a closet. It's more of a, a wardrobe that has a lot of my clothes in it. I've got these these three jackets. I, I don't own very many jackets, but uh, three of them, the only warm jackets that I have, are a denim jacket and this big green coat that's got like maroon and navy on the inside and this really big warm navy blue winter coat um th so my warmest three jackets are all hand-me-downs from my dad that he had in college so they're from 
what the 80s or maybe early 90s um and I didn't know these jackets existed they were buried in some closet in my house until it was New Year's Eve my senior year of high school for some reason I was looking in this closet and I found these gorgeous like super sick old jackets um and I asked my dad about them he was like I mean I'm never gonna wear them again they're old as dirt so I got those and those are my hand-me-downs and they are um they are staples of my wardrobe um and I mean the the big blue like navy um winter coat isn't the most stylish but it's definitely the only winter coat that I have so I wear it. I get a lot of use out of it in the winter. Um, but the other two are <laughs> probably some of the nicer, cooler clothing items I own. Um, and I'm very proud to have them. I don't know. It feels like a, a little relic of family history that's passed down. Um, <laughs> I have these these pink Chelsea boots at the bottom of this wardrobe. Um, they're a little dirty from being worn outside and they've got these, I don't know, two inch, two and a half inch heels on them. Um, and I think they're gorgeous, but I have, um, I have hid them from my parents whenever I go home. I, or, you know, after my freshman year of college, when I had to bring all of my stuff home, I um I had to bury them at the bottom of a box so my parents wouldn't see that I had these pink boots with a heel on them. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have a ton of things to hide from my parents, but um, Yeah, there are some things that I think I just, I, I, I am afraid of them knowing the ways that I am not like them, which I mean, I don't know, I don't think I, I definitely don't think I like disappoint them in any way. I, um, I'm very, I mean, it's the old story of like, parents are, well-to-do, um, fairly successful, wealthy enough, uh, white folks, they're conservative, um, and I am their, uh, you know, product of wealth, uh, white 20-year-old that's an art student in college, you know, that's, uh, radical leftist or whatever and um <laughs> I don't know that seems very predictable in hindsight um but I'm afraid of them seeing these pink boots that I have for fear of judgment or I'm afraid of them seeing this uh <laughs> this silver leotard that I have that I wore to a, a party once or twice um I wish I wasn't afraid of them seeing those things. Um, 
I don't think that, I don't know if that fear is really warranted, um, but I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of things that I just sort of like reflexively, like instinctively want to hide and like not show people, like not even my parents. I think I'm just bad at, um, at being, uh, open about things. I have a, I have a hard time telling the truth instinctively, which is a bad trait. I don't know. Talk to my therapist about it, whatever. Uh, I, I have a, you know, like, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm, I'm bad at just telling people things that I am worried they will not like. I, I let that be a reason I don't talk a lot. I don't know. That's vague and unspecific and even now I'm, you know, withholding the truth of that. And like, that is one of the things that I will not tell an anecdote about on the internet, aside from having these pink boots that I won't show my parents. (sighs) A little predictable, I think. I've never thought of myself as predictable or stereotypical, but I I think if I'm realizing anything from talking to myself, sitting in a room, um, a lot of the things about my life are, uh, you know, I guess there's a reason that cliches exist. Um, there are patterns, you know, that are common enough that um that can be recognized and you know i think on some levels we use cliches because they're like good shortcuts for our brain um <laughs> and i think i am i'm disappointed that i can be defined in so many shortcuts that there are so many cliches about my life that define me Tell me about yourself. Um, what else is there about me? I'm, I think I mentioned, wait, did I say I'm 20 years old earlier? I'm not 20 years old. I'm 21. I turned 21 a couple of months ago. Um, that's definitely a thing about me. Um, my name is, is Morgan. Um, which is a a very androgynous name, but I'm named after, um, another man, my, my dad's best friend from college who has, uh, we call him big Morgan in my family. Um, because he's the big Morgan and he is a big guy. He's like well over six foot. Um, and he's got a very commanding physical presence. He's a, he's a big dude. Um, I like my name though. I really, I really do like the name Morgan. 
Like I, I've always been, I don't know. I, I've always thought I would have hated to have like a very, very common name like John or something like that. Or like Steven. I don't know. I feel like it's, uh, Morgan, having the name Morgan is just like a little nugget of like sort of uniqueness that I can hang on to and be like, well, don't know a lot of Morgans. So there's something that makes me separate from people. Um, my middle name is James. And, you know, James is a very common name. I guess maybe not as common as it used to be in the olden days. Um, but a name that that name comes from my uncle James, who I don't know very well, hardly at all. Actually, I mean, I I definitely haven't ever had an adult conversation with him. I I think I last saw him a couple of years ago. Um, but it was, it was at a funeral that I saw him. So, you know, not a lot of chances for riveting conversation. Most of my interactions with my uncle James came when I was, when I was very young. Um, he's really good with kids. He was always very exciting to be around. Um, and I guess he's not really my uncle. He's my dad's uncle. So my, my great uncle. Um, I think he lives in Dallas these days, but he's also from Louisiana, where my dad's family is from. <sighs> There's like a, a sort of pride that I feel about like being from Louisiana and that like, um, I don't know. I just, I don't meet a lot of people from there. And that feels like another thing that I can hold on to and like be unique about. And like when I meet someone else from Louisiana, that's an instant thing to sort of bond over. Um, but I love Louisiana. I think it's a great place. Um, I love visiting there. I visit well, usually a, a couple of times a year to see family. Um, and I think, I think more than Cyprus and Houston and the place where I spent, you know, 16 years of my life living, I think Louisiana feels more like home to me. Um, and I think that probably also comes from the, the feeling of uniqueness that, you know, I, I, I want to identify a home with with things that are uh that not all of my friends growing up had like i i feel like i i cling to the things that that make me different that like set me apart um and i identify with those very strongly um because i'm very scared of being like normal i don't know wow this is a very strange thing to do talking for an hour on the internet. Um, I was very scared to do this. I, I, well, <laughs> it's 
going to sound like a lie when I say it now, but I don't like talking about myself a ton, but here I am having talked about myself for God knows how long at this point. Um, this is, it's, it's very vulnerable. Um, just putting this on the internet for people to hear and I don't get to decide who hears it. Um, but this is, this is me, uh, or at least this is the things around me in my room here that, uh, give little stories I can tell about me. I can't remember for the life of me how I got along on these tangents about myself. I think I will probably walk away from this feeling guilty about having spent an hour talking about myself into the void. I don't know. That's a, that's a thing that is unusual. That's a, I don't, nobody spends this much time talking about themselves. Unless they're, hell, I don't know. It feels selfish to like spend this much time just, just speaking about me. Um, there are so many better things to talk about, I think. Um, and I don't think that is like a, like self, uh, derogatory or like, I don't say that to be like moody and like, ugh, don't like myself, whatever. Cause that's not true. Um, but you know, there are a lot of things that are worth talking about. Um, anyways, what else have I got in my room here? I'm looking around. Ah, <laughs> on my mirror here that's like attached to my wardrobe. I've got this, this full body mirror length mirror thing. Um, and on it are, or like, I guess on the border around it are these three, um, like, like embroidered, embroidered, is that the right word? Embroidered? They're, they're these patches. They're little patches that you would put on like a denim jacket or something. And they're little flowers. Um, couldn't tell you what, I mean, one of these is definitely a rose. The other two, I couldn't tell you what type of flowers they are. And that's another thing. That's another thing that I bought probably at a thrift store that I, like, I don't even know if I like putting flowers on my things or on my clothes, but I, I bought them because other people do that. And I think those people are cool. So I bought those to make me look cool. Um, I don't know why I did that. Like I don't I don't know what in my room here is actually like something that I bought. Well, no, I don't. Know. I guess I just don't know what about these things are like, like actually things that I like, or versus things that I think other people will like. Um, and that bothers me that that there are things that I, that I, I recognize aren't things that I like, that are just things that I bought because I thought it's, uh, 
it's worth buying to to have this thing. My um my alarm just went off. Um so I guess that's the end of this. It's hard to believe a whole hour has passed. Um wow. Okay, this was nice, I think. Um I hope whoever is listening to this that you enjoyed this. Um this was a good, I think, therapeutic thing to reflect on. Um, I don't know if this part will even make it online. Um, but if you're listening to this, thanks for, um, for making it this far into my rambling. That, that's actually, I think, very special that, that someone would sit to me talking for an hour. Um, that that's uh you know not a a thing that a lot of people would do just sit to me talk for an hour so thank you very much um that actually is quite meaningful to me and it feels weird to be vulnerable okay um well this has been I am sitting in a room, and my timer has gone off, and my name is Morgan Simone, and I hope you have enjoyed listening to me, and I don't know, this is is also going to sound pretentious and a weird thing to say at the end of the podcast, but I hope you think after listening to this that I'm unique and not pretentious. Um, I hope that after, um, you know, however much explaining away I can do to justify myself and my actions, um, I hope that there is some sort of objective picture that has been created of me. And um, I really, really hope deep down in my heart that that picture is um is respectable and um that you don't think i'm a bad person um i don't know why you would think that i don't know um thank you for listening thank you very much um I'm sitting in a room. Uh, goodbye.